Finally, we're here. We're talking about Christmas. We've been talking about Christmas all month with Advent and celebrating Advent. We've done four of five weeks. This is finally week five, and it is the week of all weeks. This is the week where we talk about Jesus. Advent celebrates the arrival of Jesus onto this world and all that brings each of us. This is week five, and it's all about Jesus. If you've been listening this month, we've talked about hope and peace and joy and love, and today we talk about Christ, Jesus himself. This is the traditional Advent progression, and I wanted to share it briefly with you in the hopes that you would be encouraged to celebrate not just this season, but the whole reason for Christmas itself, and that is Jesus Christ. Welcome to Church Public. I'm Matt Odegaard. Let's get started. Well, again, welcome back to Church Public. Thank you so much for being with me here today. Um, If you haven't, if you missed the previous four weeks, go to churchpublic.com. You can get the previous four, or if you're on any of the podcast platforms, you can get those episodes there. You can just scroll back in time and get Advent week one, two, three, and four. It may help you in your progression or your understanding. Basically, I'm just trying to help you understand why we do what we do. What is Christmas really all about? And I think it's important that we understand Christmas is about Jesus. So this week really sums up the previous four weeks. We'll repeat a little bit in terms of just remembering why this all matters and then hopefully tie it all together in a nice shiny bow and talk about Jesus, the real reason for this whole season and really the real reason for all of our faith, the real reason I do what I do, the real reason we follow, the real reason we seek after uh, Jesus and just this thing that I keep saying over and over again, that you keep the faith. It's just so important that you keep the faith and the faith that we have is in Christ. So we're talking about Jesus this week and we'll sum up the other four weeks a little bit. And this is just the first is hope. Without Christ, there is no hope. We are constantly waiting for something because hope and patience go hand in hand. If you don't have patience, then you can't have any hope for anything because you want what you want and you want it right now. (laughs) And that is just the statement of this culture. But with hope, we're waiting for something and we know what that is. We have a hope. As Peter says, you should always have a reason, an answer for the hope that you have. And that is Jesus Christ. We know that no better time of year than during the Christmas season. And through Christ, we can actually have this patience. I know you probably heard in church, don't pray for patience. It's a terrible idea um, because then God will give you things to be patient for. <laughs> and believe me, anecdotally, he does that. But through Christ and the power of the Spirit, because patience is a fruit of the Spirit, we can have this patience. And hope allows us to finish the marathon. It's not a sprint. It's not run really fast and you're done. It is over and over and over and over again. Some of you more experienced people in the crowd or more experienced people in your faith know it doesn't particularly let up. Uh, I, I've never run a marathon, thank goodness, and I'm just not a runner, but I have many marathon friends, and they tell me that there's this place in the race where you just feel like you're actually going to die, <clears throat> and you have to decide, am I going to give up and just fall on the ground and fall over, or am I going to keep going? Again, not being a runner, not being a marathoner, I can relate to that in terms of faith, because sometimes in your Christian faith, you feel like, I think I'm going to die. Like, I don't think I can do this anymore. 
That's the point where you lean on God and say, God, give me your strength because I don't have it in me. That's the power of the spirit in you that gives you patience and hope and all the things that you need that you really can't generate in yourself. Advent is all about hope. For hundreds of years before Christ, people had waited for the Savior and he arrived. And now we've been waiting again in this time when Jesus is going to come back. But we celebrate his arrival onto this earth and the way that he changed the whole world by his presence on this world. And we have the power of Jesus. We have the power of the Spirit available to us now. This is something that no previous generation, as we read in the Old Testament, they didn't have this in the way that we do. There were temples and tabernacles, and I'm not going to get into all the history right now, but we have Jesus and the power of the Spirit in a different way because of Pentecost, because Jesus came and lived and died and rose again. We have these things. So we continue to wait for Jesus and his triumphant return to make all these things right, but we can live now in the power of Christ. And we have hope for today because Christ is with us. Emmanuel, God with us. You may have sung that song. You may understand that concept. That's the truth of Jesus. And we have hope for tomorrow because Christ will never leave us nor forsake us. And we have hope for the future because Jesus is coming to rule forever, to be the ruler of the new heaven and the new earth. And we are excited for that. And finally, as Paul tells us, that Christ in you is the hope of glory. Colossians 1.27. Such a great reason for hope this Christmas. That's hope. Secondly is peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Without Jesus, there can be no peace. There may be glimpses of peace throughout the world, throughout history, but the world tries to remove all of these things that they think are going to create peace. They, we talked about the song Imagine, but they try to remove government and structure and religion and God. But without God, there's just no possibility of peace. Jesus brings peace with God. Jesus brings peace with ourselves. Jesus brings peace, peace with others. And Jesus will bring peace with the world. One day there will be no more war and no more fighting and even no more tears. What a great thing to be excited for. It's Revelation 21, 4. But until that day, we have peace beyond understanding through the power of the Spirit of God. <clears throat> we have peace with God through Jesus' sacrifice. And we can have peace with our neighbor as far as it depends on us through the forgiveness that only Jesus brings. Without Jesus, there cannot be this lasting peace on earth. Luke 2, 13. <clears throat> Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, the bringer of peace, and we celebrate the peace of Jesus this season. So we have hope, we have peace, we have joy. Jesus brings the joy of salvation. Luke, I'm sorry, Matthew 2. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. The star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. This is talking about the birth of Jesus and the joy that it brings. The angels announced the birth of Jesus to the shepherds. The shepherds went to see Jesus. They were filled with joy. When they met Jesus, the shepherds ran to everyone who would listen and told them of the joy of salvation that had arrived through the birth of Jesus. And joy is this, 
seemingly elusive thing. And I think it's because we often confuse joy with happiness. We want to have happiness, to feel happiness, to exude happiness or see happiness, but they're not exactly the same. It, joy is deeper, it's stronger, it's longer. Happiness is temporary. It's connected to your circumstance. And unfortunately, once the circumstance ends or the season ends for many of us, happiness disappears as well. That joy that lives deeper inside and comes from Jesus may even be present in terrible sadness and suffering. I know that sounds weird or it sounds paradoxical, but that's the reality of it. Joy is not connected to circumstance. Again, joy is another fruit of the Spirit. You can't manufacture some of this. You can choose to have joy, but in some of these really hard circumstances, that's where you actually see the joy coming through. Anybody can be happy in a happy circumstance. That's just natural. To have joy in a difficult circumstance, that is super natural. That's something that only God can bring, and we can recognize that we can have joy and need joy through the power of the Spirit because of what Jesus Christ has done. This Christmas sometimes is not a happy time. There's broken relationships or terrible circumstances. I understand that too. But Jesus offers joy in the knowledge that God is with you and will never leave you and loves you. This joy is almost, and in, 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 we talked about patience and, and peace as well, but this joy is almost beyond understanding, right? It's something that doesn't necessarily come from us, but we can know that things are okay, they're going to be okay, not because of the circumstances, but because of who Jesus is, what he has done, and the hope that we have in the future, connecting back up to hope, as we talked about before. So that is hope. And that is peace, and that is joy, which finally brings us to love. God is love. Love comes from God. A great carol, O Holy Night. Truly he taught us, Jesus taught us, to love one another. His law is love. His gospel is peace. And if you want to know how to love one another, look at this love that Jesus sent. Look at the, the love that Jesus was sent to earth to live a life of love and to pay the ultimate price for our sins. That is all about love. It's a love that says, I am willing to love you no matter what. Jesus says, even to the point of death. That's the beauty of Christmas. God showed himself to us in a way we could understand. He sent his son Jesus as a human so we could see how God would actually act on this earth. We don't have to guess at what God is like. There's all these bracelets, right? What would Jesus do? We don't have to wonder what Jesus would do. We can know what Jesus would do because we can see it. We can read all about it in the life of Jesus and the letters that followed from people that actually knew Jesus and walked with Jesus and lived with Jesus or read searched the people that walked with Jesus. These are all recorded in the New Testament, and it's not a secret. It's not something that's hidden from us. Paul specifically says, now you have, you know the mystery of Christ in you. Colossians, again, the greatest gift ever gift, given at Christmas was the gift of God's own son. God gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish and have eternal life. John 3.16. John 3.17 is equally as important. Jesus didn't come into the world just to uh, be part of the world. He was sent into the world to not condemn the world, but to save the world through him. John 3.16 and 17. Uh, 
I heard this great illustration that I think we'll end on today that is maybe illustrates how the world, how the culture, because at Church Public, we talk about how the culture views things, and then we talk about, hopefully, how we're supposed to view things as believers, as followers of Jesus. So I, I think this is a pretty good illustration. Maybe you'll agree. I think um, if we look at the idea of just a fire in the fireplace, I really enjoy a good fire in the fireplace. Maybe you do too, especially in winter and December. I happen to be in a place right now where it's not particularly cold, but we still put the fire on from time to time. And there's something about it. Now, I appreciate a wood fire the best because <clears throat> it it has smells and sounds and it has all all of the all of the experiences, right? All, all of the, the senses. And there are wonderful experiences around the fire at Christmas time. So the fire has light. It has warmth. It has scent. It has sounds. You can see the fire. You can feel the warmth of the fire. You can smell the wood burning. You can hear the crackling of the wood. These make a beautiful experience. Like just literally a beautiful experience all combined together. But you can't have the sight or the feel or the smell or the sound without the actual fire. The thing that we love about the fire, all of these things that, that, I, that I love about it, come from the fire. And the fire is the center of it. And I think that's kind of a good illustration of what this culture has tried to do with Christmas. They want the hope and the peace and the joy and the love and the sights and the sounds and the smells and, and the feels of Christmas but without Jesus. They just want to have Christmas because Christmas is nice. But it's empty. Just like a fire in the fireplace without the fire is nothing. It's just empty. Christmas without Jesus, it is literally nothing. Christ is in the word Christmas. It, we have to center around Christ or Christmas really just is meaningless. It may be nice to get together. It may be nice to give gifts to people. But without the actual hope and peace and joy and love we get through Jesus Christ, it really doesn't have a lot of meaning. Christ is central to Christmas. This hope and peace and joy and love come from him, and we can only enjoy the blessings of life because of him. So as you ponder the Christmas season, I I pray that you remember the real reason we celebrate Christmas. The shepherds were told by the angels of Christmas uh, of Jesus' birth. The shepherds were told by the angels about Jesus' birth. They were just regular people like you and me. Actually, they were the lower class of people. But God included them in his plan, just like you and me. I'll read from Luke 2. This is Luke 2, starting at verse 8. There were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared to the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace on those to whom his favor rests. When the angel had left and gone into heaven, the shepherds said, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told them about. So 
they hurried off. They found Mary. They found Joseph. They found the baby lying in a manger, just as the angels had said. When they saw Jesus, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds said. When the shepherds saw Jesus, they went and told everyone they could about this Messiah who had come to earth. Come and worship. Come and worship. Worship Christ, the newborn King. I hope you feel the joy of Christ this Christmas. And I hope that you don't keep it to yourself, just like the shepherds, but that you go out and tell this good news to all who will hear. Merry Christmas, and as always, keep the faith.